this the season premiere? The My Colorful Nana Project is a collective group of generous thinkers. It is an invitation for all to expand upon and celebrate their definitions of the words beauty and blackness. My name is Lauren Stockman Brown, and I am the founder of the My Colorful Nana Project. And thanks for listening. What is beauty? What is femininity? What is blackness? Is black hair beautiful? Does it matter? I don't know. You tell me. Today we're here with Mike Flom, a junior from NYU, to attempt to answer the question, is there space for the white man's perspective in a discussion about black hair? My name is Mike. I use he, him pronouns. I'm born and raised in New York City. Was there another one? Was that it? Are you white? Oh, I'm white. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> past. forgot that it's like a podcast. It's kind yeah. of important information, right? So, yes, I am white. And I invited you to be on a podcast mm-hmm. specifically about black hair, black women, femininity. You hit none of these margins. Tell me why you think I wanted you to be on this podcast. Based on my definition of a generous thinker, I would like to think of myself as that, right? Like none of those things like are within my own identity, like are inherent in me just existing. But I feel like each of those things is important to talk about. I'm not in here because of a specific like inherent trait, but more so because I want to be. It's a responsibility. I don't think it should be like I'm like a standout, like, ooh, why is he doing it? Not even to pat myself on the back like that, but I just think it should be a normal thing. People just don't engage things that don't affect them directly. I know many people like that, unfortunately. So I would say that's probably like the the short answer. I love that. Many people don't engage in things that don't affect them directly. Right. Mm. So, I and I mean, even some people are even multiple degrees removed from any of these issues. When did you realize that you had white privilege? Was it a realization? Who told you? Like, do you just you know, wake up, oh yeah, I'm white and I have privilege. Like It's a gradual process in my experience. I would say it probably started around when I was like 13. 13? Maybe, yeah. That's pretty good. I was was, was like 13, 14 probably. And I think you start to notice it with little things. The easiest way to say it is like, aside from like race, there's no reason that that's not you. Like that, you know what Mm. I mean? Like it could be you. People will try to f- contest that, right? So that's going to be a dialogue in yes. and of itself. Okay, Mike, you're in a class detangling the business of a black woman's hair. Mm-hmm. Taught by Professor Jones mm-hmm. at NYU Gallatin. Mm-hmm. Correct. You are the only male, the only white person. You are the only white male in this class. Yes. 19 yeah. of us are black and female. We talk about topics ranging from wearing weaves to wearing braids. Should should people wear weaves? Is that against the point of the natural hair movement? Why should we care? What is beautiful? What is femininity? So I sit across from you in class and I noticed for the first three to four classes, these are an hour and 15 minute classes. Mm. You're sitting there and me being me, I'm just looking at you, you know, some topics, there's this instant Uh, emotional reaction to it. We don't get to take classes about black hair, right? We rarely get to take classes about black history. We rarely get to take classes about black history taught by black female teachers. Right. So, yeah, this is like, for for maybe all of us, this is like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this is incredible. Yeah. I've been waiting for this my entire life. Mm. 
someone who gets me, who wants to get me and talk about something that I can directly relate to. And then there's you. Mm-hmm. What brought you to this class? My concentration at Gallatin is race and ethnicity in media and entertainment. Black hair is a huge part of that. It's funny to me, right? Like, I'm kind of laughing because the optic of it is like me sitting at the table with, you know, only women of color. It's like, oh, geez, who's this white boy? He's probably just <laughs> some privileged kid who just didn't sign up for classes in time, probably thinks it's easier. Like, that's like the visual optic. Like, I was kind of early on the first day. I sat down and one of the girls turns to me and goes, oh, so you're the kid who takes all these classes, huh? I was like, oh, all right, perfect, great. That's, mind you, there's only like seven people in the room at this point, right? And, you know, but anyways, in all seriousness, after the first class, because, I mean, I sat in the middle of the table. Like, it was abundantly clear. After the first class, I emailed our professor, and I was like, listen, you know, I understand that you can't directly tell me this, but... NYU, like I'm aware that NYU is a PWI. PWI, tell me what that is. Predominantly white institution, right? So I'm aware that, you know, NYU has a large white student body and professors as well, right? So on both sides. And I essentially said, I was like, listen, you can't tell me, I don't think you can tell me to drop the class. But if you feel like it's particularly compelling to make that space like only women of color, I, I will drop it happily. Like I don't like the optic of the one white kid showing up and seeing all women of color <laughs> then dipping like I didn't love that but I was like I mean that's the, the minor hiccup in like the bigger thing right and she emailed me back shortly after and was like no to be honest like I wish it not I wish it was more diverse but she was like I've taught it to a diverse crowd and I absolutely think you should be here and you know by no means would I tell you to drop it like I hope that you stay and I hope I see you on Monday so following that response, I was like, we in it. <laughs> I was no. like, I was like, all right, all right, vet. Like, I'm, let's do it. So that was sort of like my introduction, right? Okay, how do you sit in that discomfort? Like, right, so let me give you, let me paint the picture here, right? So one discussion was about perms. Women, black women, some black women, I do not want to generalize, some black women going through the process of straightening our hair, right? Straightening our hair to maybe conform to societal standards of beauty because keyword systematically we have to to get jobs to fit this beauty standard that's pushed down our throats right to be blake lively to be um you know beyonce and who's not white but has uh rocks the straight weave look right and we're not against weaves we're not against straight hair we just want to know like why actually like there's a like a legal a social and then just like an internal oppression as a whole on black women's hair is crazy. That's crazy. Like it is a choice for me to have long hair. Like I could not and be fine. Nothing changes. Even if there are like little moments where I'll be like, oh, like I minorly relate to that. It's honestly doesn't even matter because whatever I'm relating to, it's not racialized or gendered. We keep going back to this, like it's not my space. So I better be there to listen primarily for sure because I came into class with the least amount of knowledge just cause I'm a white male. Like I didn't have to live through these things. So, and I mean, I didn't have a class on like black beauty prior to this either. So I would say now I'm coming in, right? I'm infiltrating the space and I have the least amount of background knowledge on the subject. I do not want to hog the floor by any means. Like I want to hear what everyone else, I, I am the 
outsider not again not in a sense of like i'm being alienated or i'm being like singled out but in the sense of like the floor is not mine to even take like i i shouldn't want to over contribute so we're winding down is there space for the white man's perspective as of right now almost every space favors the white man's perspective right just like us and i'm comfortable making that generalization so that's that's where we're at currently i think that it's important to hear the other side and i don't mean side as facing the two like directly oppositional to one another but i think that there are some times where we're having like a class discussion and from my experiences we're giving white people too much credit like, believe it or not, I, I can personally attest that there were moments where I was like, white people don't know this. Like, they, this is like, you people are giving them Don't too, know what? Like, either are unaware of whatever we're talking about or giving them too much credit in the sense of, like, they wouldn't think about this or just, you know. I need a concrete unaware, example. Like, like, cultural appropriation, like, not knowing where certain things are. But when I say, when I say, like, are unaware like my hair experiences is closer to theirs obviously than that of black women but they don't even know like what conditioner is like i've had that experience before that's how far off they are so so when we're having this conversation in class sometimes i feel like we put their benchmark at a place that i don't even think that they're there yet Mm. just from my experiences you know where does that come from like, how do you even tackle that? That's what I'm saying. Like, honestly, that, yeah, for me that's... personally, let's take a, like, we're going to take an example and come mm. back, right? So for me, like, I'm less afraid of the white supremacists than I am of the people who are like, all lives matter. Because how do I get to you? Yeah. How do I explain to you no, that you sure. are so off? You are so off. Right. Like, I feel like this is reflective of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, like... To be completely honest with you, like there are people like that that have, I guess you would call it like a liberal mask. You could talk to a white supremacist for 30 seconds, you're automatically going to know the vibes. But with people that have like these elaborate liberal masks, mind you, I think NYU is home to a lot of them. That's because when you get like higher education, you're able to disguise it even better. Your mask gets more developed. With more words, and with more, more ideologies, yeah, constructs. <laughs> It gets harder. Like, actually maneuver that to a certain degree. I'll never understand it, but I don't know how to convince them otherwise yet. Hmm. So, I, you know, like, I could try my... I'm, I'm damn sure to try my best, but I don't know if there's a specific way to turn that around. Those people have to want to do it, too. When the responsibility of like fixing the situation is on the people that are not the problem it's problematic from both lenses i'm taking a woman of color's spot in her own space but then the question evolves into well why is there only one class why is there only 20 people in allowed in that class right so that's that's the problem the problem might not be it, it could be less Mm. less so inequality and more inequity right Mm. because there is only there is a finite number of classes at nyu taught about black anything taught by black anyone right yes Yes. to black students like that that is a very that's an anomaly that's an anomaly so that's that's the question because then the other lens is well why why is there 10 white guys in that class 
white guys are the problem, right? Are they? They are part of the problem for yes. sure. Yes. So why is it there? Ten? Why is there fifty? Why is there a class where Just they learn about people. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so it's like it's both, right? That's why, and that's why I honestly emailed her is because I wanted to know if she wanted this to be a space that's only women of color, which is understandable because of all those factors, right? Like you have to balance. That's a balancing act because you want to. You, you want to have diversity in the sense of like it's important to have white allies. It's important to have white boys like me who can blend in with kids with liberal mass and then call them out. Aside, is there any way to alleviate that feeling of damn like he's really like in this class like my friend who is a woman of color didn't get in and he's here like I feel a tinge less unwelcome into this space because he's here like is there anything I can do to alleviate that or that can be done and if not why this project serves as like an intermediary that is digestible for like younger kids which i think is more important right because a lot of the stories that we're hearing in class start from people being like oh i was 16 years old when oh i was 18 years old when even you were saying i didn't realize this until i was 17 18 or like until i got to nyu until i got to college until i left my hometown what we're learning we need to figure out a way to distill it or like filter it down into a way that could translate it to the younger kids who this is like character altering like these are huge things to little kids like this is massive my colorful nana project is a perfect medium for that translation mike thank you so much for being here no it's this my is, pleasure this it's was my pleasure absolutely it was incredible it was fantastic we're so grateful and everyone else who's out there thanks for tuning in thanks for thinking generously and see you next week